just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. It's the most wonderful time of the year, when our famously mild-mannered and street-swept suburbs absolutely rock out for Halloween. Daybreak is Barbie land, Draper lawns are littered with bones, and the 12-foot Home Depot skeleton is now gracing the roof of the Waikiki building. Utahns love the fright. But where does this obsession come from? It's Thursday, October 26th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Meg Walter, features writer at the Deseret News. Any transplant to Utah, I think, has the same reaction their first October here, which is, when did this fairly conservative, mild-mannered, pretty buttoned-up state become the gallows? (laughs) What are some of your theories? Why is Halloween such a hit here? Well, I love that for us, first (laughs) of all. Um, I have like a personal reason why I go hard okay. and I have Utah as a societal reason why we go hard. Let's let's start with me. It is the funniest holiday. I walked into Harmon's the other day and the cheese island has a skeleton cheesemonger yeah. sitting there. Like the implication is this cheesemonger loved their job so much they died <laughs> doing it. Like that is inherently hilarious <laughs> to me. And so many Halloween decorations are just so deeply funny. Yeah. And it doesn't have the pressures that a lot of holidays do. Like Christmas, religious or not, like you're booked. Your whole month is mm-hmm. booked with holiday parties and performances. And you're putting aside a different savings account so you can cover all the gifts you need to give for people. And it's great and it's fun, but it's exhausting. Halloween, you can go as hard as you want or not participate at all. And nobody cares. Like, it's just so low stakes that it's fun to go really hard because there's no sense of failure if you don't go hard enough. Mm -hmm. Well, and it is sort of like our last little dopamine hit before the seasonal depression starts. Which leads me to my societal reason for Utah. By August, we're all like pretty hot and over it, right? Like summer, we're ready for it to be done. We're ready for it to be over. And suddenly the leaves start changing and we get like this burst of energy. Mm. And we have to channel that energy somewhere. And we happen to do it by putting skeletons all over our yard. Like it's like a very like the season is changing. Here comes the decor. We are psyched. Mm -hmm. This is happening. It's the most beautiful time of year in Utah. The leaves are spectacular. And our way of celebrating is being like, we're all going to die someday. Don't think about it too hard. It's fun. I love that you brought up skeletons because I saw a reductress headline, which is kind of like the onion, like a fake headline news site. Yeah. And it, I thought of you, it was how to stay humble, even though you own the 12 foot Home Depot skeleton. 
<laughs> okay, listen, we live on like a little street that backs up to Wasatch Boulevard, which is like a pretty popular street. My husband, when I came home, first of all, I came home one morning and my kids had decorated the entire house. I didn't lift a finger. Oh they were so stoked on Halloween. They had done everything. And my husband was in the process of putting the 12 foot skeleton in our front yard. And I said, sir, no. I need everyone to know that I own this skeleton. We are putting this up against the populated road so people know how special I am, okay? <laughs> people know I paid an obscene amount of money for this 12-foot garish skeleton. That matters to me. <laughs> You're building a legacy in your home, a Halloween legacy. So it's so fun. I also think like... Christmas, by the end of the season, you're like, please get this decor down. Please put away the tree. Mm -hmm. I feel so claustrophobic. I walk into my house this time of year and I am just delighted. I have like a severed hand out on a table and I'm like, oh, that is so fun. I love that I own that. This is so yeah. great. It is also funny because like Halloween is there is no bar. Like there's no metric by which we judge Halloween as classy. Whereas like Christmas no. comes around and it's like there's a particularity to Christmas decor, whereas Halloween is like balls to the walls, like throw a skeleton on the lawn. The more bizarre, the greater your acclaim. I was at Home Depot the other day and they had like an image of like a vampire in surgery with blood <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, this is like Home Depot. But it was like so, you know, it was just like normal. I like your take that Halloween is funny because as a scaredy cat. Sometimes around this time of year, I get a little anxious because it's basically for one month, everyone on earth thinks it's funny to scare me, like wants to go yeah. out of their way to destroy me in particular. It's the same way that cats are attracted to people that don't like them. Scare obsessed <laughs> people are attracted to scaredy cats. And like that can be stressful, but it is funny. I have a Harmon skeleton story. I was leaving the Harmon City Creek the other day and the car park next to me had a skeleton in the passenger seat sitting upright uh -huh. like a passenger with a seatbelt on and a pair of sunglasses <laughs> and its head was turned to the side. So like if you pull up next to them at a red light, you get the skeleton. Oh, that is hilarious. I sent a photo to my friend who showed it to her seven-year-old kid who is currently obsessed with skeletons. And his response was, is that Allie? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, embrace the fantasy. Embrace the possibility that you are skinless. <laughs> Yeah. And it's fine. You were fine. I think that part of like, if I would get really deep about it and, I, you know, aren't we all like a little afraid of dying? Yeah, but then sure. we see these goofy skeletons put everywhere around the town. We're like, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's fine to die. Maybe you have a great time sitting in a passenger seat or being a cheesemonger at Harmon's, yeah. you know? There's a little bit of fantasy to it. Okay, so you also work in media, which means you know that a journalist's best friend are the sort of like day-to-day -day random press releases that come into your email inbox naming Utah the number one of something. Number one state with a city named Lehigh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we got one the other day that was a good one. It was Kuru Footwear. And they said that Utah was named the number one state by them, which I love that this is a footwear company doing this research, for trick-or-treating. <laughs> okay. But I want to know if that surprises you. No, it doesn't. And I think it's like a kids per capita thing, mm. right? Like we just have, we have so many kids. And what do kids do on Halloween? They go trick-or-treating. There's always a sea of children out trick-or-treating and it's really fun. Well, okay. Is there, like, am I in the wrong neighborhoods? Because... Every year I sit on my friend Shireen's porch and I think I'm in a great neighborhood and I don't hand out that much candy. What are the neighborhoods that are popping off? 
I'm guessing Daybreak. I mean, doesn't Salt Lake have more like dogs than kids? Oh, that was the least, re- most recent figure that people. Yeah, Daybreak. Um, we're in Sandy. We're kind of in like older, old people Sandy. So we don't get that many. We definitely got get more than we got when we lived in Salt Lake proper. Um, my parents' house in Provo, which is in like the heart of a neighborhood, they go through probably five Costco bags of candy bars. That's my dream. Right? I wish we got more trick-or-treaters. So this year I'm like, we're getting king-size candy bars and the people who make an effort to come to our house are getting the good candy. I want to establish a reputation, not only of the 12-foot skeleton, but of being like the house with the good candy, you know? And I just feel like it's going to take years of building up that reputation. Because you grew up here. So when you were a kid Mm trick-or-treating here, what was the best thing you got and what was the most disappointing thing that someone was handing out? The best thing we got was scones. There was this guy in the neighborhood who would make scones every Halloween with like honey butter. Yes. I've heard about this. We had someone write into us last year to tell us that the Utah scone, which as I understand it is like basically fry bread. Yeah. It's not like a Starbucks scone or like a, it's like very fried and delicious. Yeah. That it's kind of a Halloween, was in the past a Halloween tradition, but it's been kind of phased out. And scone cutter on State Street and 21st closed. And now that person was saying there's basically nowhere to get a Utah scone anymore. Oh, that's so sad. I'm not a big scone connoisseur. Like that was the one time a year I got a scone. So I can't really speak to that scarcity, but it bums me out for big scone enthusiasts. Apparently my parents, the first year they were married, they like forgot about Halloween. Uh And all they had was raisins and they handed out raisins. And I'm like, how are you not in prison? Like <laughs> that is humiliating. Go to jail, right? Go to now jail. Now I see why you're 12 foot skeleton. It's compensating for something. Your yeah, this family is, I is need in to distress. Go to therapy, obviously. <laughs> My inner child needs to heal. No, they also go hard for Halloween, and that's part of it, too. Like, I come from, like, a big Halloween lineage. Like, my mom still dresses up every mm. year. Because it's just, it's so, it's so fun. What was your mom's costume? She had a few she had on rotation. She was a scarecrow. She had mad scientists. Last year, they got those, like, blow-up dinosaur. <sighs> that it looks like you're riding yeah. thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, do you dress up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were a... We went hard for Halloween. My mom had this ghost that she would hang by the doorway. There's always that decor item that your family's had for like 25 years. And you're like, it's Uh the 25-year-old ghost. Like it's, yeah. and it was battery operated. And when you walked past it, it would go, (laughs) I see it. I know what you're talking about. I know the one. Lights up. It was the sound of October. That was the sound of October. We had this jack-o'-lantern inside that was motion activated. So you'd go to get a drink at like 2 a.m. and go, ha, 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 like scare us to death every time. (laughs) It was great. so good. My mom was the Wicked Witch of the West every year until basically five years ago. And she did the full green face paint, green hands. She would go so hard and like actually scare people. And like she did, one year I remember we did a Halloween party and she hired a bunch of her friends to like, someone was reading palms and someone, we did a seance and she had another friend that she didn't even tell us was there in another room with a karaoke machine pretending to be the spirits we were calling in in the seance. Like I am obsessed with that. So we had a woman in our neighborhood who was from South Africa. So they had recently moved to the United States to Provo, Utah from South Africa around October. And she saw an arm sticking out of a car in a parking lot, a bloody arm. And 
thought that someone had died, like screamed, called the police. Yeah. Reacted as you would if you saw a dismembered arm hanging from the side of a car only to discover (laughs) it was, in fact, a Halloween decoration. Can you imagine coming here in October and seeing all of this, having had no prior context? It must be wild. (laughs) Well, that I mean, exactly. That's the point that I feel like I was making is like everyone I know who is a transplant to this state has at some point commented on the fact that Halloween in Utah is nearly unparalleled. That's amazing. I'm so happy for us. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, And be one in a class of 19, not 100. Okay, I do want to talk to you about trunk or treats, though. Because in 2019, I distinctly remember, there are only a handful of op-eds that have ever been submitted to the Salt Lake Tribune that I, like, think about on the regular. This is one of them. In 2019, a man named Jim Foland in Farmington wrote this op-ed in the Salt Lake Tribune about how trunk-or-treating is the death of Halloween. I think about it constantly. It's pretty short, but here's an excerpt. It has taken all the trick-and-treaters from the neighborhood and left me holding the bag. It is also imparting a bad message. Nothing says fear thy neighbor like trunk-or-treat. Nothing says lazy and clannish like trunk-or-treat. Fearful of the other, them, those people. This generation of parents needs the courage to go on a walk with their kids and meet their neighbors. We miss those cute little skitters. I mean, Jim, I'm so sorry you feel that (laughs) way. I think we might be 
might be a little hyperbolic <laughs> there. Um, you think? We go to trick or treat and then we trick or treat because my kids are like, you mean I get double the candy? That sounds great. And I feel like it was a rumor at one point that like trunk or treat started as there was an unsafe area. So the church set up trunk or treat so kids wouldn't get in danger. And like, who knows? Yeah. The validity of that, that could have been something that an eight-year-old told me at school and I, as an eight-year-old, believed. But now I think it's just like a fall party and you can, again, go as hard or not hard as you want. That's my trunk or tree experience. I understand Jim's point and his hesitation and maybe the people in his area don't trick or treat because they trunk or treat. That just seems unlikely to me. Well, I mean, I gotta say, while we're being hyperbolic... I am with Jim. Mm -hmm. I do think trunk or treat is the decline of American society. (laughs) Great. I mean, we should define trunk or treat because like, you know, it can be a lot of things, right? It can be like the mall. I remember as a kid, the mall trick or treat was a thing. Like you'd go to the mall and all the different shops and they would hand out candy. Like basically what it is is a controlled environment for trick or treating so that it is designed to keep your kids from knocking on a stranger's door. But there is something amazing about knocking on a stranger's door and there's something amazing about imparting in your kid that like that's not scary that like they shouldn't assume that that everyone is scary and dangerous and I know like I'm not a parent and so I know that that's like got to be really hard balance to strike because on the one hand you kind of want your kid to be skeptical of everything for their safety but then on the other hand it's like I don't know I feel like kids are I mean there was this story in the New York Times that I was reading about anxiety and how like kids are experiencing Mm -hmm. these sort of all-time anxiety highs and researchers are trying to figure out how we can expose kids to just like more things that build their confidence and Mm kind of setting them loose is is one of them. I mean it's hard for me to speak to this because I'm in such a place of privilege like we live in a very safe area stranger danger isn't on my mind often I understand how it could be for other people other places I just I guess I disagree with the premise that people now in 2023 are going to trunk or treat and not trick-or-treat I don't know anyone who does that I might be biased though because last year at our trunk and treat I won the chili cook-off so Mm. you know again back to your legacy don't ask an Olympic champion how they feel about their race you're not gonna get an unbiased answer right 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 Okay. Another thing I do want to ask you about that is related to how we celebrate Halloween here is you'll remember, I'm sure, that last legislative session, a declaration of not what day Utahns celebrate Halloween, but what day we should be trick-or-treating. Because, for example, it's on a Tuesday this year. Should we officially say as a state we trick-or-treat on Saturday? It failed. But it kind of got people talking. I am in favor of this. Can you imagine being a teacher the day after Halloween? I got to tell you, being a parent the day after Halloween and trying to get my children just like awake and ready to go is near impossible. I do think we need a buffer day between trick-or-treating and school. I think Friday night would be perfect. And then like Saturday can just go to hell, whatever. But like sending them to school the next day is hard for every adult involved on this. But I would love to hear your thoughts. Oh, I'm with it. Okay, great. Well, because, you know, I'm always desperately trying to figure out where the party's at so that I can be handing out candy. So I feel like if we had a specific assigned day, 
then maybe more people would be out too, right? Because I kind of yeah. wonder if like some people are also like, oh, it's like a Monday evening. Like, is anyone going to even want us to knock on their door? Like, is it too late? It. I do think it is more fun to trick or treat when it's kind of dusk. Like, you don't want to be out there at 3 yeah. p.m. So I'm, I'm in favor. Either that or... We declare the day after Halloween a holiday. That's Halloween observed. And no one has to get anywhere. I would love that as well. So long as all employers agree to observe it because it can be a little hit or miss. Okay. Before I let you go, I want to ask you, are there any like forgotten Utah Halloween traditions or things that you think we should start implementing, excluding as previously discussed, scones and establishing a trick-or-treating day? You know, I do have like a very vague memory of being a young child and we lived in Logan Mm -hmm. at the time. And Logan is, or at the time, was mostly farms. And every year we'd go and see uh, pumpkins that had been styled into like mannequins of sorts. So there were pumpkin heads on like life-size bodies doing different activities like there were aggies cheerleaders and there were like two pumpkins walking another pumpkin in a stroller and it was just like this or it's like a skeleton no it's like scarecrow with pumpkin heads so it's like hay bales they've got hay everywhere and they're just like very fun and very creative it's like gilmore girls coded like you know the episode where they do the snowmen and there's like one guy who's doing like an amazing sculpture Mm -hmm. it's very much like that kind of vibe Mm -hmm. like some of them you're like oh they tried and some of them you're like this is michelangelo who made this pumpkin kind of gingerbread house adjacent exactly exactly because if there's one thing i love it's competition during holidays and i would like to encourage as much competition as possible so there are more things for me to win okay so we need a Pumpkin head, scarecrow body, diorama scene-esque competition. Yeah, it's short. It's snappy. You can advertise that easily, (laughs) right? Okay. What would your scene be? I don't know. My first thought was dentist for some reason. Wouldn't that be (gasps) funny if there was like a pumpkin, like a jack-o'-lantern in a dentist chair and like a dentist jack-o'-lantern with a pumpkin head over it? Like uh, with like the mirror? That is Extra funny because jack-o'-lanterns are all about chaotic teeth. Exactly. You could do like a jagged edgy one or like the one where there's only two or three. Yes. Okay, that's genius. All right. I believe we can get this ball rolling, but Halloween in Utah is already nearly perfect. So I think we're okay. Okay. On that note, Meg Walter, features writer at the Deseret News. Thank you so much. You always have good ideas. Thanks for having me. Now, it might seem kind of intense for the Utah legislature to be officiating when we observe our divine right to trick-or-treat. But for perspective, here are some municipalities that have crossed the line. The city of Chesapeake, Virginia, had an ordinance on the books since 1970 that says nobody over the age of 12 may trick-or-treat. A few years ago, they raised that age limit to 14. And the city of Bathurst in New Brunswick, Canada, enforces an 8 p.m. Halloween curfew. They also passed a law to prohibit teens over 16 from trick-or-treating. Now, as a 32-year-old with a sweet tooth, I'm kind of offended by that. I think, let us all be kids for a night. And in actual fact, an etiquette expert told the Today Show that when little kids see big kids and grown-ups dressed up in costumes, it validates their excitement. 
That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city.